You never know the difference you can make in a person's life through encouragement. Seven seven six five trouble with a purpose. Well, thank you for joining Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. We welcome all of you joining us by television and those of you joining us online at brothersoftheword.com, Facebook Live. Welcome to today's service. Always a wonderful joy and delight to have you to tune in and join us. We'd like to share just a little humor. A mother asked her little son, Johnny, as they wait for the bus, to tell the driver he is four years old when asked because he will ride for free. And as they get into the bus, the driver asked little Johnny how old he was. I am four years old, little Johnny replied. And when will you be six years old, asked the driver. When I get off the bus, answers Johnny. (laughs) Well, we've been sharing a... Mr. Ferguson, thank you for the extra laughs. We've been, <laughs> we've been sharing from the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and we've just been meditating on the text there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. We'll read verses 3 through 10, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. And notice it says there, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 10. When you get there, say amen. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the suffering, so shall ye be also of the consolation. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver. And so we're talking from the subject trouble with a purpose. Trouble with a purpose. This is part three, trouble with a purpose. And I love the perspective that this writer, he has of trouble. And he understands it from a completely different perspective that trouble is not merely trouble, but it's something that can be used as actually 
it's an experience that can actually be used to help others. And so he has a completely different perspective of trouble that, you know, he's basically saying, you know, when you're going through something, even though you're dealing with tough times and tough circumstances and tough things in life, always keep in mind that this can be used by God to help someone else. This can be used by God. And so it actually, it expands your thinking that is that you're going through it, but if you allow God to work through it and get the glory from it, it can be used to be a benefit to others. It can bless others and be a blessing to many. Something that's happening to you particularly, God can use as a tool or vehicle to bless many others down the road. And so it actually, it increases your arsenal. It gives you something you didn't have before. You now have a ministry tool you didn't have before because this is something you're dealing with that it increases your experience and it gives you a whole set of skills that you didn't have before and you'll be able to use this to better life for someone else. And so it's a very interesting perspective, interesting perspective that he gives us here concerning trouble when we face trouble in our lives. Now we left off last time talking about comfort and we were looking at verse 4 and we noticed that comfort was mentioned four times in verse 4 sort of as a way to grab our attention and I took my time and we went through and we really talked through comfort from the Greek and all of its definitions and meanings as it relates to us. And here's what we said about the comfort that comes from God. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. And we said that he comes alongside to help. He comes alongside to help. He also brings his strengthening presence, strengthening presence. And we said that there is great encouragement. He brings great encouragement. So he comes alongside to help. He brings his strengthening presence. And there is great encouragement. So to summarize it, I put it like this. Say this with me. He helps us. He strengthens us. He encourages us. Well, that's what happens in our trouble. God helps us. He strengthens us. And he encourages us. Isn't that good to know that God is with us even in our trouble? God is with us. God is with us. He helps us. He helps us. I love that, that God is not a God who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. You know, that was why Jesus walked the earth, because Jesus had the opportunity to experience life as a man. So he understands trouble. He understands trouble. He had his share of it. He dealt with his share of it. He dealt with unfair, evil people. He dealt with people conniving, lying on him. He dealt with people stealing from him. So Jesus dealt with the troubles of life. He dealt with the troubles of life. And so he understands trouble. It's not foreign to him. And so he experienced them. So the Bible says we have a high priest who experienced the very things that we go through here in life. And so we have a high priest who's touched with the feeling of our infirmity. And so that's why God is compassionate toward us when we're in trouble because he's been there. He knows what it feels like. He hung on a cross in agony, being an innocent man, lied on and cheated on and and plotted against and so forth. So he's been in trouble and he understands us. So he feels our pain. And so that's why he helps us. He strengthens us. And he encourages us. Say that with me again. He helps us. 
He strengthens us and he encourages. He encourages us. Now we said that encouragement from God primarily comes from three ways. Number one, it comes by the word. It comes by the word. Encouragement comes by the word. So we get great encouragement from God's word. I remember once I was dealing with the situation and I was really frazzled. I was anxious, uh, nervous, just really set my wits in. I was just, just really in a, in, a, in a bad state and, and I was sitting at my desk at home. And this was years ago, but I was sitting at my desk at home and I was nervously going through my desk and I just had all of this anxious and this anxiety on me, nervous, stressed out, just stressed out. And I remember looking through my desk drawers, and as I was frantically looking through my desk drawers, I came across a little scripture card I had in one of my drawers, and I pulled the card out, and I read it. And when I read it, man, it changed everything. It encouraged me. It encouraged me. So we receive encouragement from the Word. The particular scripture that the particular scripture that was on that card was actually the scripture Isaiah 41:10. Turn there with me. Isaiah 41:10. It just happened to be the scripture on that card when I was stressed out and anxious. And this would be a good scripture for you to put in your library. So when you're in trouble, you don't know what scripture or what word to use. Here's a good one. This is the one the Holy Spirit had planted right there in my drawer, and I pulled it out. Isaiah 41:10. Here's what it says. It says, now I want you to get the picture of this. I'm frantically going through my drawer. I'm stressed out. I had a big engagement and, you know, just a lot of pressure on me. And I was trying to get ready, trying to prepare. It was just a bad scene. And I'm just stressed out at my wit's end. And here I pull out this card and God uses the scripture to encourage me. And notice what it says in Isaiah 41 verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, because I was surely dismayed, for I am thy God. Watch this. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now, I want you to see how that helped me. Now remember what I just said, the function of the comforter, we just said, he helps us, he strengthens us, he encourages us. That's the function of the comforter. He helps us, he strengthens us, he encourages us. Now look at Isaiah 41.10, look at the second half of the verse, notice what he says, I will strengthen thee. What do we say the comforter does? He helps us, he strengthens us. He encourages us. Notice this. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Those are two things that we just read that the Comforter does. He helps us, he strengthens us, and he encourages us. And then he goes on and says, I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. That's the encouragement. He helps us, he strengthens us, and he encourages us. He lifts us up. He lifts us up, and so he encourages us. He helps us. Everybody say that again. He helps us. He strengthens us. And he encourages us. And so I found that scripture right in the midst of panic in my drawer. And man, it calmed me right down. And I just leaned back there and relaxed because I realized he says, Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not 
dismayed, for I am thy God. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How many of you know I was all right after that? Man, after I got that good news, I was all right. I was all right after that. Well, so encouragement comes by the word. Encouragement comes by the word. Now, the second primary way that God's encouragement comes to us, it comes by the Holy Spirit. There are times where the Holy Spirit, he'll just encourage you directly from himself. I remember one time I was exhausted. I was just exhausted. I was beat out. Anybody ever been exhausted or beat out? Just beat down? Anybody ever felt like a a wet dish towel, a wet dish rag? (laughs) You just felt droopy. You just felt like all the life had been sucked out of you. You just depressed, just didn't have anything left to give. You just felt no energy, no life. You just felt lethargic. Well, I was like that one time. And I kneeled down to pray. And when I kneeled down to pray, while I was praying, I felt a refreshing come upon me. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. He refreshed me. And when I got up, I was completely different. I was completely different. The power of God had come on me. But see, that was the Holy Spirit himself. That was the Holy Spirit himself. And so he encouraged me simply by putting his presence on me. So he encourages us with his word. He encourages us with the Holy Spirit. He encourages us with his word. God encourages us with the Holy Spirit directly. And then the third way, this is the third primary way I believe God encourages us. God encourages us through people. God encourages us through people. God uses people to encourage us. God uses people to encourage us. You'd be surprised the role that we play in terms of encouragement to others. We can speak life to others when they're beaten down. We can pick others up when they're down and out. And it's a wonderful, wonderful joy to be an encouragement to others. I love to have an encouraging spirit. I love to always encourage people. I love to always uplift and always bless people and always edify people. Build people up. Instead of tearing people down, look to build people up. Man, get around people that build you, people that inspire you, people that encourage you. And so people is the third primary way. He uses people, and I'll show you a scripture that shows it, but God uses people. God uses people to encourage. God uses people to encourage. I have a video. I just want to play 60 seconds of it, but it's a powerful story about a person who encouraged Denzel Washington. I was walking out of college. I had a 1.7 grade point average. I hope none of you can relate. <laughs> I had a 1.7 grade point average. I was sitting in my mother's beauty shop. They still call it beauty shop now? What they call it now? Yeah, I was sitting in the beauty parlor. I was sitting in my mother's beauty parlor, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I see behind me this woman under the dryer, and every time she looked up, she every time I looked up, she was looking at me. She looking me in the eye. And I didn't know who she was, and I said, you know, she said, somebody give me a pen. Give me a pen, so I have a prophecy. March 27, 1975, she said, boy, you are going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Now, mind you, I was flunked out of college. I'm thinking about joining the Army. I didn't know what I was going to do, and she's telling me I'm going to travel the world and speak to millions of people. Well, I have traveled the world, and I have spoke to millions of people. 
But that's not the most important thing, the success that I had. The most important thing is that what she taught me and what she told me that day has stayed with me since. I've been protected. I've been directed. I've been corrected. Fail big. You can stop it. Isn't that powerful? That's powerful. That was a young man who had no direction in life, didn't know what he was going to do, failing miserably. And one woman... She had a prophetic word that encouraged him. Now, one of the primary functions of the prophetic word, and I like the use of the prophetic word here because the prophetic word uses all three. Remember I said God uses the word, he uses the Holy Spirit, and he uses people. Well, a person under the spirit of the Holy Spirit with the prophetic word, that's a combination of all three. It's God's word, it's the Holy Spirit in manifestation, and it's speaking it through a human being, it's speaking it through a person. So God's using the word, he's using the spirit, and he's using a person. Flip over, let me show you the scripture. This is the scripture I was looking for, 1 Corinthians You'll see it here, the prophetic word, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. That means to build them up. I want you to see that. That means to build them up. Prophecy, one of the primary uses of prophecy is to build people up. It's used to build people up. It's used to build people up. Watch this. It speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. That's encouragement. And you see comfort. We've been studying that word comfort, the comfortor. All of that is encouraging. It's building up. It's all those things that we've been studying, you know, in the comforter that he helps us. He strengthens us. He encourages us. Well, that's one of the primary uses of the gift of prophecy. It builds people up. It edifies, as you saw in the case with Denzel Washington. That that built him up. That changed his life. That strengthened him. That helped him. That encouraged him. And so the prophetic word is powerful when it's used there in that function. That's one of the primary functions of prophecy. It can change a person's life and build them up, edifies them, encourages them, and comforts them. And so that's an example of God using the word, the Holy Spirit, and people all at the same time. All at the same time. And he gives us there the wonderful encouragement that comes through people. Encouragement comes through the word, it comes through the Holy Spirit, and it comes through people. Encouragement comes through people. There was a man by the name of Rich DeVos, and he said that he was a senior in high school and he said one of his teachers signed his yearbook and she wrote in his yearbook just one line that said with talents for leadership in God's kingdom and he said when he read those words as a high school senior he said the words lifted off the page and entered his soul he said he was just an aimless young man didn't know what he would do in life had no confidence didn't believe in himself But he said when someone believed in him and wrote those words, he said it entered his soul. And Rich DeVos, he went on to become a very successful man, very wealthy man. He ended up owning an NBA basketball team. He became the founder of Amway Corporation. And he said 50 years later, those words that that teacher wrote still are the guiding force in his life. You never know the power of encouragement. And so God uses people. God uses his word. He uses the Holy Spirit. But God uses people. You never know the difference you can make in a person's life 
through encouragement, through encouragement, through encouragement. Praise God, praise God. One thing I wanted you to notice in our text is that how God comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort others, which is trouble with a purpose. That's his number one purpose there in trouble so that the very comfort that God comforts us with, we can use that comfort to comfort others. And the process of God is when we are hurt, he heals, then we help. And so the process of God is hurt, heal, help. When we are hurt ourselves in any kind of trouble and we get hurt, we move from hurt and then God moves in to cause us to be healed. Once we are healed, God now turns it around so that we can help others. And so that's the process of God. Hurt. Everybody say hurt. Heal. Help. Hurt. Heal. Help. So whenever you're hurt, God heals you so that you can help. So we are healed to heal. We are delivered to deliver. And you will find that that's the pattern of God. It's the process of God. There was a man who had lost his wife and he suffered great hurt over his wife's passing. He said it was just devastating. And he went through so much pain and suffered so much loss. He said that through the course of time, through the healing of that, he said, because now he knows the pain and the agony that families suffer during the loss of a loved one, he said he started attending funerals with the purpose of comforting families. And so he just started going to funerals. He went to funerals every week. He just started going to funerals just to be a comfort to families because he knew what it felt like. He knew the loss. He knew the hurt. He knew the pain. And he started just going, ministering to families. But that ministry came out of his own hurt. He had been hurt. God healed him. And now God was using him to help. And in the process of time, at one of those funerals, he met a beautiful young lady, got remarried, and God blessed him, and he just lived happily ever after. See, God is awesome. God is awesome. God blesses us. God blesses us. Some of you might need to start attending some funerals. You never know. <laughs> when you get busy in the ministry of helping others, God will bless you. God will bless you. Praise God. Praise God. But trouble has a tremendous, tremendous purpose. Has a tremendous purpose. And praise God. We'll continue sharing some more. Well, I'm out of time. Those of you who are watching by television, I want you to go to Brothers of the Word. Dot com. You can listen to this series in its entirety, Trouble with a Purpose, absolutely free of charge. You can also email it to a friend. But thank you so much for joining us today at Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was part three of the series titled Trouble with a Purpose by C. Elijah Bronner. This message is number 7765. That's 7765 to listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 7765 to a friend. Go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the word. Oh, brothers of the word.